0: Hey everybody, welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and this time, I'll be talking about procrastination. Boy, I tell you, I've been meaning to get to this topic, but I've just been putting it off. You know, I have all these different reasons. I was going to do it, but things leading up to it led me to believe there was going to be a different outcome. I was emotionally paralyzed. I didn't yet have any of the skills needed to deal. I was bushwhacked. I was bamboozled. I was blindsided. I was caught off guard. I was misled. I was exploited. I was tired. I was weary. I was suspicious. I was naive. I was unhappy. I wanted out. I wanted a fast track away from my life. And the thing promised that would get me going never happened. And something, something. It seems that there is quite an industry of people and orgs ready to assist others in overcoming procrastination. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. For me, making to-do lists is the best way to get anything done at least getting started. Anyway, I have worked with so many people who just became so extremely uncomfortable even attempting procedural tasks that they put them off and just wait and wait and wait until their hair is on fire, because doing so takes them out of the frame of mind they need to perform their main job function. And it is like stopping somebody who is translating a difficult language midstream software code, for example, to answer the door or to do something tedious and involved and it absolutely needs to be done in order to advance everything from business goals to personal obligations. <sighs> but sometimes we just don't do these things. And as far as I'm concerned, taking off a list of tasks you need to do or have defined for yourself can be a satisfying experience. I can't imagine that successful graduates of medical school try to take on all of the learning at once or nothing at all. You know what I mean? So, making lists is a thing, as we shall find out. Oh, look at the time. Definitions from Oxford languages. Procrastination. A noun. The action of delaying or postponing something. Similar. Dithering. Delaying tactics, dilatoriness, stalling, temporizing, hesitation, vacillation, humming and hawing, I personally would have said hemming and hawing, dilly dallying, shilly shallying, kicking the can down the road. Procrastination from Wikipedia. Distress is often linked to procrastination. Procrastination is the action of unnecessarily and voluntarily delaying or postponing something despite knowing that there will be negative consequences for doing so. The word has originated from the Latin word procrastinatus, which itself evolved from the prefix pro, meaning forward, and crastinus, meaning of tomorrow. Oftentimes, It is a habitual human behavior. It is a common human experience involving a delay in everyday chores or even putting off salient tasks, such as attending an appointment, submitting a job report or academic assignment, or broaching a stressful issue with a partner. Although typically perceived as a negative trait due to its hindering effect on one's productivity, often associated with depression, low self-esteem, guilt and inadequacy, it can also be considered a wise response to certain demands that could present risky or negative outcomes or require waiting for new information to arrive. From a cultural and social perspective, students at both Western and non-Western cultures are found to exhibit academic procrastination, but for different reasons. Students from Western cultures tend to procrastinate in order to avoid doing worse than they have done before or from failing to learn as much as they should have, whereas students from non-Western cultures tend to procrastinate in order to avoid looking incompetent or to avoid demonstrating a lack of ability in front of their peers. It is also important to consider how different cultural perspectives of time management can impact procrastination. For example, in cultures that have a multi-active view of time, people tend to place a higher value on making sure a job is done accurately before finishing. In cultures with a linear view of time, people tend to designate a certain amount of time on a task and stop once the allotted time has expired. A study of behavioral patterns of pigeons through delayed gratification suggests that procrastination is not unique to humans, but can also be observed in other animals. There are experiments finding clear evidence for procrastination among pigeons, which show that pigeons tend to choose a complex but delayed task rather than an easy but hurry-up one. Wow. In a study of academic procrastination from the University of Vermont, published in 1984, 46% of the subjects reported that they always, or nearly always, procrastinated writing papers, while approximately 30% reported procrastinating studying for exams and reading weekly assignments, by 28% and 30% respectively. Nearly a quarter of the subjects reported that procrastination was a problem for them regarding the same tasks. However, as many as 65% indicated that they would like to reduce their procrastination when writing papers, and approximately 62% indicated the same for studying for exams and 55% for reading weekly assignments. A 1992 study showed that 52% of surveyed students indicated having a moderate to high need for help concerning procrastination. A study done in 2004 showed that 70% of university students categorized themselves as procrastinators, while a 1984 study showed that 50% of the students would procrastinate consistently and considered it a major problem in their lives. In a study performed on university students, procrastination was shown to be greater with tasks that were perceived as unpleasant or as impositions than with tasks for which the student believed they lacked the required skills for accomplishing the task. Another point of relevance is that of procrastination in industry. A study from the state of the art journal The Impact of Organizational and Personal Factors on Procrastination in Employees of a Modern Russian Industrial Enterprise, published in the Psychology in Russia, helped to identify the many factors that affected employees' procrastination habits, some of which included intensity of performance evaluations, importance of their duty within a company, and their perception and opinions on management, and or upper-level decisions. What do you know about that? Gregory Schraw, Teresa Watkins, and Lori Olofsson in 2007 proposed three criteria for behavior to be classified as academic procrastination. It must be counterproductive, needless, and delaying. Steele reviewed all previous attempts to define procrastination and concluded in a 2007 study that procrastination is to voluntarily delay an intended course of action despite expecting to be worse off for the delay. Sabini and Silver argued that postponement and irrationality are two key features of procrastination. Delaying a task is not deemed as procrastination, they argue, if there are rational reasons for the delay. Now, steel, Sabini, and silver are footnoted and cited in this Wikipedia entry. An approach that integrates several core theories of motivation as well as meta-analytic research on procrastination is the temporal motivation theory. It summarizes key predictors of procrastination, expectancy, value, and impulsiveness into a mathematical equation. Wow! From a psychological perspective, the pleasure principle may be responsible for procrastination. One may prefer to avoid negative emotions by delaying stressful tasks. As the deadline for their target of procrastination grows closer, they are more stressed and may, thus, decide to procrastinate more to avoid this stress. Some psychologists cite such behavior as a mechanism for coping with the anxiety associated with starting or completing any task or decision. Piers Steele indicated in 2010 that anxiety is just as likely to induce people to start working early as late and that the focus of studies on procrastination should be impulsiveness. That is, anxiety will cause people to delay only if they are impulsive. Hmm, that's an interesting conclusion. Negative coping responses of procrastination tend to be avoidant or emotional rather than task-oriented or focused on problem-solving. Emotional and avoidant coping is employed to reduce stress and cognitive dissonance associated with delaying intended and important personal goals. This option provides immediate pleasure and is consequently very attractive to impulsive procrastinators at the point of discovery of the achievable goals at hand. There are several emotion-oriented strategies similar to Freudian defense mechanisms, coping styles, and self-handicapping. Huh. Coping responses of procrastinators include the following, avoidance, avoiding the location or situation where the task takes place, denial and trivialization, pretending that procrastinatory behavior is not actually procrastinating, but rather a task which is more important than the avoided one, or that the essential task should be done is not of immediate importance. Distraction. Engaging or immersing oneself in other behaviors or actions to prevent awareness of the task. Descending counterfactuality. Comparing consequences of one's procrastinatory behavior with others' worse situations. Valorization. Pointing in satisfaction to what one achieved in the meantime while one should have been doing something else. Blaming. Delusional attributions to external factors, such as rationalizing that the procrastination is due to external forces beyond one's control. Mocking. Using humor to validate one's procrastination. Task or problem-solving measures are taxing from a procrastinator's outlook. If such measures are pursued, it is less likely the procrastinator would remain a procrastinator. However, pursuing such measures requires actively changing one's behavior or situation to prevent and minimize the reoccurrence of procrastination. In 2006, it was suggested that neuroticism has no direct links to procrastination and that any relationship is fully mediated by conscientiousness. In 1982, it had been suggested that irrationality was an inherent feature of procrastination. Putting things off even until the last moment isn't procrastination if there is a reason to believe that they will take only that moment. Steele et al. explained in 2001 actions must be postponed, and this postponement must represent poor, inadequate or inefficient planning. From a cultural perspective, according to Holly McGregor and Andrew Elliott in 2002 and Christopher Walters in 2003, academic procrastination among portions of undergraduate students has been correlated to performance avoidance orientation, which is one factor of the four-factor model of achievement orientation. Andrew Elliott and Judith Harakowicz showed that students with performance avoidance orientations tended to be concerned with comparisons to their peers. These students procrastinated as a result of not wanting to look incompetent or to avoid demonstrating a lack of ability and adopt a facade of competence for a task in front of their peers. Wow. From a health perspective, to a certain degree, it is normal to procrastinate and it can be regarded as a useful way to prioritize between tasks due to a lower tendency of procrastination on truly valued tasks. However, excessive procrastination can become a problem and impede normal functioning. When this happens, procrastination has been found to result in health problems, stress, anxiety a sense of guilt and crisis, as well as loss of personal productivity and social disapproval for not meeting responsibilities or commitments. Together, these feelings may promote further procrastination and, for some individuals, procrastination becomes almost chronic. Such procrastinators may have difficulty seeking support due to procrastination itself, but also social stigmas and the belief that task aversion is caused by laziness, lack of willpower, or low ambition. In some cases, problematic procrastination may be a sign of some underlying psychological disorder. Research on the physiological roots of procrastination have been concerned with the role of the prefrontal cortex, the area of the brain that is responsible for executive brain functions such as impulse control, attention, and planning. This is consistent with the notion that procrastination is strongly related to such functions or a lack thereof. The prefrontal cortex also acts as a filter, decreasing distracting stimuli from other brain regions. Damage or low activation in this area can reduce one's ability to avert diversions, which results in poorer organization, a loss of attention, and increased procrastination. This is similar to the prefrontal lobe's role in ADHD where it is commonly underactivated. Psychologist William J. Knauss estimated that more than 90% of college students procrastinate. Of these students, 25% are chronic procrastinators and typically abandon higher education. Perfectionism is a prime cause for procrastination because pursuing unattainable goals, perfection, usually results in failure. Unrealistic expectations destroy self-esteem and lead to self-repudiation, self-contempt, and widespread unhappiness. To overcome procrastination, it is essential to recognize and accept the power of failure without condemning, To stop focusing on faults and flaws, and to set goals that are easier to achieve. Behaviors and practices that reduce procrastination. Awareness of habits and thoughts that lead to procrastinating. Seeking help for self-defeating problems such as fear, anxiety, difficulty in concentrating, poor time management, indecisiveness, and perfectionism. Fair evaluation of personal goals, strengths, weaknesses, and priorities. Realistic goals and personal positive links between the tasks and the concrete, meaningful goals. Structuring and organization of daily activities. Modification of one's environment for that newly gained perspective. The elimination or minimization of noise or distraction. Investing effort into relevant matters and ceasing daydreaming. Disciplining oneself to set priorities. Motivation with enjoyable activities, socializing, and constructive hobbies. Approaching issues in small blocks of time instead of attempting whole problems at once and risking intimidation, which is what I said about going to medical school. To prevent relapse, reinforce preset goals based on needs and allow yourself to be rewarded in a balanced way for accomplished tasks. Making a plan to complete tasks in a rigid schedule format might not work for everyone. There is no hard and fast rule to follow such a process if it turns out to be counterproductive. Instead of scheduling, it may be better to execute tasks in a flexible, unstructured schedule which has time slots for only necessary activities. Pierce Steele suggests that better time management is a key to overcoming procrastination including being aware of and using one's power hours, that is, being a morning person or a night owl. A good approach is to creatively utilize one's internal circadian rhythms that are best suited for the most challenging and productive work. Steele states that it is essential to have realistic goals, to tackle one problem at a time, and to cherish the small successes. Brian O'Leary supports that finding a work-life balance may actually help us find ways to be more productive, suggesting that dedicating leisure activities as motivation can increase one's efficiency at handling tasks. Procrastination is not a lifelong trait. Those likely to worry can learn and let go. Those who procrastinate can find different methods and strategies to help focus and avoid impulses. After contemplating his own procrastination habits, philosopher John Perry authored an essay entitled Structured Procrastination, wherein he proposes a cheat method as a safer approach for tackling procrastination, using a pyramid scheme to reinforce the unpleasant tasks needed to be completed in a quasi-prioritized order. For some people, procrastination can be persistent and tremendously disruptive to everyday life. For these individuals, procrastination may reveal psychiatric disorders. Procrastination has been linked to a number of negative associations, such as depression, irrational behavior, low self esteem, anxiety, and neurological disorders, such as ADHD. Others have found relationships with guilt and stress. Therefore, it is important for people whose procrastination has become chronic and is perceived to be debilitating to seek out a trained therapist or psychiatrist to investigate whether an underlying mental health issue may be present. With a distant deadline, procrastinators report significantly less stress and physical illness than do non-procrastinators. However, as the deadline approaches, this relationship is reversed. Procrastinators report more stress, more symptoms of physical illness, and more medical visits to the extent that, overall, Procrastinators suffer more stress and health problems. This can cause quality of life to decrease significantly along with overall happiness. Procrastination also has the ability to increase perfectionism and neuroticism while decreasing conscientiousness and optimism. Procrastination can also lead to insomnia. Alyssa Heuristic said in Men's Health that the procrastinators... People who scored above the median on the survey were 1.5 to 3 times more likely to have symptoms of insomnia, like severe difficulty falling asleep, than those who scored lower on the test. I don't know what test this is. Insomnia can even add more problems as a severe and negative impact. Procrastination has been linked to the complex arrangement of cognitive, affective, and behavioral relationships from task desirability to low self-esteem and anxiety to depression. A study found that procrastinators were less future-oriented than their non-procrastinator counterparts. This result was hypothesized to be in association with hedonistic perspectives on the present. Instead, it was found procrastination was better predicted by a fatalistic and hopeless attitude towards life. A correlation between procrastination and eveningness, which I have never heard before, was observed where individuals who had later sleeping and waking patterns were more likely to procrastinate. It has been shown that morningness increases across lifespan and procrastination decreases with age. Okay. Traditionally, procrastination has been associated with perfectionism, a tendency to negatively evaluate outcomes of one's own performance, intense fear and avoidance of evaluation of one's abilities by others, heightened social self-consciousness and anxiety, recurrent low mood, and workaholism. However, adaptive perfectionists, egocentronic perfectionism, I've never heard that term before, were less likely to procrastinate than non-perfectionists, while maladaptive perfectionists who saw their perfectionism as a problem, ego-dystonic perfectionism, again, another term i have never heard before, had high levels of procrastination and anxiety. In a regression analysis study of Steele from 2007, it is found that mild to moderate perfectionists typically procrastinate slightly less than others with The exception being perfectionists who are also seeking clinical counseling. From the New York Times. Why you procrastinate. It has nothing to do with self-control. If procrastination isn't about laziness, then what is it about? By Charlotte Lieberman in March of 2019. If you've ever put off an important task by, say, alphabetizing your spice drawer you know it wouldn't be fair to describe yourself as lazy. After all, alphabetizing requires focus and effort. And hey, maybe you even went the extra mile to wipe down each bottle before putting it back. I am so guilty of this. And it's not like you're hanging out with friends or watching Netflix. You're cleaning, something your parents will be proud of. This isn't laziness or bad time management. This is procrastination. If procrastination isn't about laziness, then what is it about? It's self-harm, said Dr. Pierce Steele, a professor of motivational psychology at the University of Calgary and the author of The Procrastination Equation, How to Stop Putting Things Off and Start Getting Stuff Done. That self-awareness is a key part of why procrastinating makes us feel so rotten, when we procrastinate, we're not only aware that we're avoiding the task in question, but also that doing so is probably a bad idea. And yet, we do it anyway. This is why we say that procrastination is essentially irrational, said Dr. Fuchsia Seroy, professor of psychology at the University of Sheffield. It doesn't make sense to do something you know is going to have negative consequences. She added... People engage in this irrational cycle of chronic procrastination because of an inability to manage negative moods around a task. Wait, we procrastinate because of bad moods? In short, yes. Procrastination isn't a unique character flaw or a mysterious curse on your ability to manage time, but a way of coping with challenging emotions and negative moods induced by certain tasks boredom, anxiety, insecurity, frustration, resentment, self-doubt and beyond. Procrastination is an emotion regulation problem, not a time management problem, said Dr. Tim Pychyl, professor of psychology and member of the Procrastination Research Group at Carleton University in Ottawa. In a 2013 study, the two doctors found that procrastination can be understood as the primary of short-term mood repair over the long-term pursuit of intended actions. Put simply, procrastination is more about being focused on the immediate urgency of managing negative moods than getting on with the task. How about that? Precrastination. When the early bird gets the shaft. Stop letting modern distractions steal your attention. The particular nature of our aversion depends on the given task or situation. It may be due to something inherently unpleasant about the task itself, having to clean a dirty bathroom or organizing a long, boring spreadsheet for your boss. But it might also result from deeper feelings related to that task, such as self-doubt, low self-esteem, anxiety, or insecurity. Boy, these themes keep coming up over and over again. Staring at a blank document, you might be thinking, I'm not smart enough to write this. Even if I am, what will people think of it? Writing is so hard. What if I do a bad job? All of this can lead to think that putting the document aside and cleaning that spice drawer instead is a pretty good idea. But of course, this only compounds the negative associations we have with the task, and those feelings will still be there whenever we come back to it, along with increased stress and anxiety, feelings of low self-esteem, and self-blame. In fact, there's an entire body of research dedicated to the ruminative, self-blaming thoughts many of us tend to have in the wake of procrastination, which are known as procrastinatory cognitions. The thoughts we have about procrastination typically exacerbate our distress and stress which contribute to further procrastination. But the momentary relief we feel when procrastinating is actually what makes the cycle especially vicious. In the immediate present, putting off a task provides relief. You've been rewarded for procrastinating, Dr. Soroy said. And we know from basic behaviorism that when you're rewarded for something, we tend to do it again. This is precisely why procrastination tends to not be a one-off behavior, but a cycle, one that easily becomes a chronic habit. Over time, chronic procrastination has not only productivity costs, but measurably destructive effects on our mental and physical health, including chronic stress, general psychological distress, and low life satisfaction, symptoms of depression and anxiety poor health behaviors, chronic illness, and even hypertension and cardiovascular disease. If it seems ironic that we procrastinate to avoid negative feelings but end up feeling worse, that's because it is. And once again, we have evolution to thank. Procrastination is a perfect example of present bias, our hardwired tendency to prioritize short-term needs ahead of long-term ones. We really weren't designed to think ahead into the further future because we needed to focus on providing for ourselves in the here and now, said psychologist Dr. Hal Hirschfield, a professor of marketing at the UCLA Anderson School of Management. Dr. Hirschfield's research has shown that, on a neural level, we perceive our future selves more like strangers than as parts of ourselves. When we procrastinate, Parts of our brains actually think that the tasks we're putting off and the accompanying negative feelings that await us on the other side are somebody else's problem. To make things worse, we're even less able to make thoughtful, future-oriented decisions in the midst of stress. When faced with a task that makes us feel anxious or insecure, the amygdala, the threat detector part of the brain, perceives that task as a genuine threat in this case to our self-esteem or well-being. Even if we intellectually recognize that putting off the task will create more stress for ourselves in the future, our brains are still wired to be more concerned with removing the threat in the present. Researchers call this the amygdala hijack. I never heard of that one before, but you know, sure. Unfortunately, we just can't tell ourselves to stop procrastinating and despite the prevalence of productivity hacks, focusing on the question of how to get more work done doesn't address the root cause of procrastination. We must realize that at its core, procrastination is about emotions, not productivity. The solution doesn't involve downloading a time management app or learning new strategies for self-control. It has to do with managing our emotions in a new way. Our brains are always looking for relative rewards. If we have a habit loop around procrastination where we haven't found a better reward, our brain is just going to keep doing it over and over and over until we get something better to do, said psychiatrist and neuroscientist Dr. Judson Brewer, Director of Research and Innovation at Brown University's Mindfulness Center. To rewire any habit, we have to give our brains what Dr. Brewer called the bigger Better Offer, or BBO. In the case of procrastination, we have to find a better reward than avoidance, one that can relieve our challenging feelings in the present moment without causing harm to our future selves. The difficulty with breaking the addiction to procrastination in particular is that there is an infinite number of potential substitute actions that would still be forms of procrastination, Dr. Brewer said, That's why the solution must therefore be internal and not dependent on anything but ourselves. And there are different ways to to achieve this, including forgiving yourself for procrastinating. Procrastination reviewed by Psychology Today staff. Everyone puts things off sometimes, but procrastinators chronically avoid difficult tasks and may deliberately look for distractions. Procrastination tends to reflect a person's struggles with self-control. For habitual procrastinators, who represent approximately 20% of the population, I don't feel like it, comes to take precedence over their goals or responsibilities and can set them on a downward spiral of negative emotions that further deter future effort. Procrastination also involves a degree of self-deception. At some level procrastinators are aware of their actions and the consequences, but changing their habits requires even greater effort than completing the task in front of them. Procrastination is driven by a variety of thoughts and habits, but fundamentally, we avoid tasks or put them off because we do not believe we'll enjoy doing them and want to avoid making ourselves unhappy or we fear that we won't do them well. People may also procrastinate when they are confused by the complexity of a task, such as filing one's taxes, or believing you can go to medical school, or when they're overly distracted or fatigued. What are the psychological roots of procrastination? Psychologists have identified various drivers of procrastination from low confidence to anxiety, again, a lack of structure, and simply, an inability to motivate oneself to complete unpleasant tasks. Research has shown that procrastination is closely linked to rumination or becoming fixated on negative thoughts. Students who routinely procrastinate tend to get lower grades. Workers who procrastinate produce lower-quality work, and, in general, habitual procrastinators can experience reduced well-being in the form of insomnia or immune system and gastrointestinal disturbance. Procrastination can also jeopardize both personal and professional relationships. People with depression may struggle to plan ahead, lose confidence in their ability to follow through, and adopt what's-the-point thinking. The treatment approach, known as behavioral activation, in which one schedules enjoyable activities that provide a sense of mastery or accomplishment, may help alleviate some of these effects. It's possible to overcome procrastination, but it takes considerable effort. And a simple Google search will return many results with numbered lists of types of procrastinators. There are three types, there are four types, there are five types, there are six types, but people seem to have a fondness for making lists and using the words anxiety and self-esteem. Studies based on the procrastination at work scale, which identifies 12 common forms of workplace procrastination, have highlighted some potential solutions, such as adopting timelines that build in time for delay, but not too much, Making a personal challenge out of mundane tasks, something I've long been a personal advocate for. Breaking large jobs into achievable chunks you can celebrate completing, which I think everybody should do. And limiting your access to online news and social media. What? When people procrastinate, their present self benefits by avoiding unpleasant work, but their future self pays the price in stress or punishment. Developing empathy for one's future self as one would for a close friend then can be an important first step to ending the habit because we're less willing to put a good friend in such a disadvantaged position. How about that? The four main types of procrastinators and how to not be one of them according to two accountability coaches. Allie Schiller -Schiller and Marissa Boisvert are the co-owners of Accountability Works where they coach professionals on accomplishing their goals without sacrificing their health. They say there are four main types of avoidance archetypes or procrastinators. The performer, the self-deprecator, the overbooker, and the novelty seeker. Figuring out which group you're in can help you break out of your procrastination patterns and maybe even turn in something early. From Inc.com, by Wanda Thibodeau, the three main types of procrastinators. Generally speaking, procrastination isn't your friend if you want to be a success. But according to Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, clinical psychologist at Boston University's Center for Anxiety and Related Disorders, there are just three main types of procrastinators. If you know which one you are, it might be easier for you to take charge of your agenda and finish tasks when you should. 1. The Avoider. You put things off because they make you feel bad, whether the specific emotion is anxiety, boredom, overwhelmedness, or sadness. This is based in the pleasure principle outlined by Sigmund Freud, which says that people have a natural drive to seek what feels good and to avoid whatever is painful. This strategy isn't always completely successful, according to Hendrickson. You can feel negative emotions because of the procrastination, such as stress from having to squeeze the job into a shorter time. You're probably an avoider if you schedule undesirable tasks far out in the calendar or convince others there isn't time on the agenda for them. You put items related to the job where you can't visually see them. You get anxious when others talk about the job you're avoiding. You make excuses about why the work isn't done. You make lots of to-do lists to convince yourself there are other priorities. Oops! You have trouble coming up with concrete plans as they make completion feasible. You might fix the behavior if you break the job you dread into smaller steps that don't seem so scary, like going to medical school. Find a buddy to encourage you and offer positive accountability. Self-reflect about the specific reasons the job isn't attractive to you. Outline all of the pros of having the job completed. Identify all the skills or knowledge that qualifies you to do the job. And then number two is the optimist. You consistently think a task isn't going to take as long as it does or that you have more time to finish the job. Research by Jeff Conte, psychologist at San Diego State University, identifies optimism as a key trait among those who are chronically late. The research also suggests that some people actually perceive time differently and feel like it passes more slowly than it does. You're probably an optimist if others tell you that you're overconfident or, less kindly, delusional. You brush off warnings from others about deadlines or consequences, assuming that those consequences won't happen and therefore aren't worth the worry. You fail to see the pattern of times where your procrastination produced a negative result. You almost never create a plan B. You initially impress others with your attitude only to have them eventually quit following or recommending you because of your lack of follow through. You might fix the behavior if you set some unobtrusive alerts at regular intervals so you stay more aware of your pacing. Ask for scheduling input from others Create your daily agenda using their assessment of required time rather than your own. Use time logging or other tools to produce metrics that can verify your track record or where time is leaking away from you. Identify specific points of no return on the calendar where certain consequences no longer will be avoidable. Create a SMART, all caps, action plan to avoid each consequence. And the third is the pleasure seeker. You don't do what you're supposed to do until you genuinely feel like doing it, which doesn't always happen. Here, it's not so much about avoiding a job as it is deliberately choosing something you like better. As Hendrickson notes, this is bad because others can get frustrated and pick up your slack, which can breed resentment and earn you a reputation as a slacker. You are probably a pleasure seeker if you regularly shoot down ideas or ask for alternatives, have little patience when jobs aren't what you enjoy, you accept a live-in-the-moment mindset and therefore don't spend much time in reflection or planning. You often pivot the conversation to something else you're enthusiastic about. Others describe you as lazy or inconsiderate, but not as incapable You might fix the behavior if you reward yourself each time you do the job you would rather put off. Home in on what is best or most beneficial about the process. Give yourself small breaks throughout the job to do something you like so you don't see one long period of torture ahead of you. Be honest with yourself that you might never be in the mood. Focus on how you will feel after getting it off your plate. Find ways to incorporate you find enjoyable into the job, such as using a specific tool or working in a certain location. No matter what type of procrastinator you happen to be, being able to do what's required when it's required is a fantastic goal. If you are realistic and invite others to keep you on track, reaching that objective will be no sweat at all. So, evidently, making numbered lists is something very important to the topic of discussing the subject of procrastination. Also, using the word procrastination in the context of any article about procrastination is keenly important as well. I'm still sticking to my to-do lists. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out. <laughs>